it's much better to try and catch it early before you're noticing any problems with the effectiveness of the medicines themselves because then there's still some t- steps that can be taken to try and slow it down. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and with summer ahead, thoughts are turning to parasite control on farm. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Natasha Munier from Animal Health Ireland to discuss parasite control and the Targeted Advisory Service on Animal Health. Natasha, you're very welcome. This time of year, parasite control on farms is very important. What parasites are of concern? This time of year, we're now starting to see the tail end of, of any coccidiosis problems on farm. There might still be some farms that have issues with carbs, but now is definitely properly the time to properly disinfect any sheds if there was an issue with coccidiosis in, in the sheds, using an, a disinfectant that's effective against coccidia. We also have uh, flies that are going to start becoming a problem now, possibly causing some summer mastitis, pink eye. If you've got some sheep on farm, blow fly strike. Um, and ticks as well can be a problem uh, with red water if that's an issue in your area. And definitely now that the grazing season is in full swing, our, our gut and stomach worms are going to start building up over the grazing season. And this time of year, Natasha, what type of products would you be recommended farmers to use? Kind of depends on the farm as to what's been a problem in the past. Um, but y- you wouldn't necessarily be needing something that's going to be targeting fluke at this time of year. It would be something that's targeting more, more your gut and stomach worms. Um, and if, if you've previously had a problem with coccidia, maybe you'd still be using something uh, that, that's necessary there. But uh, your, your best bet is, is to have a chat with your vet and your advisor and see what's necessary on the farm. And do farmers need to be worried about resistance on the farm at this time of year, depending on the product they use this year compared to products maybe they've used in previous years? So the, the resistance issue is an interesting one. It's becoming um, more, more of a problem uh, uh, over time and more widespread. And, and resistance is essentially just where the worm is not killing uh, the parasites as effectively as it should. And, and we, we're talking about wormers, but it, it could also affect flies or lice or mites or, or other parasites as well. Um, but the, the issue with the products is uh, if there's an issue with one product, a farmer just needs to be really careful about what the active ingredient is on that product. Um, because if they, if they change products to something else, they're not necessarily changing that active ingredient. Um, but there's only a few, there's only three broad classes of drugs that are available or medicines that are available to, to treat uh, worms in cattle. Um, and so, so sometimes it can be difficult to figure out exactly w- which product to be using. And of the three classes that you've mentioned, can you just discuss which ones you'd be recommended for this time of year? Obviously, it'll vary from farm to farm. And obviously, you mentioned there it's the active ingredient that's really important. Yeah, so it, it's it's um, for for cattle. It it really the, the the three broad classes that we have are the white drenches, the yellow drenches, and the clear drenches. And in in cattle, which one we use depends on what work what's working on the farm. So if you if you know that there's been a problem with one of those those um, those t- those classes before, then you're going to switch to something else uh, at the advice perhaps of your vet. Um, but, but generally speaking, any of those should be effective against the gut worms uh, that we're going to be seeing at this time of the year. And sometimes farmers think, Natasha, that they will see calves that maybe are scouring after being dosed or aren't thriving. Is it possible that there is a resistance issue on the farm before any of these clinical signs are even noticed by the farmer? Yes. So what happens with the resistance is it's, um, it, it depends on, on the proportion of worms that are carrying those resistant genes in, in the population. It's, it's just to note that, that, that the issue is with the worms themselves uh, and not with the animals. 
So the resistance is, is, is a genetic thing that's sitting within in the, the worms. And so at first, there might only be a small part of the worm population that, that is carrying those genes. And the worms still work as they always have, and you won't notice anything. But as, as, it, as it develops further, um, the, a larger part of that worm population will carry those genes. And that's when the wormers noticeably stop working. And, but it's, it's much better to try and catch it early before you're noticing any problems with the effectiveness of the medicines themselves, because then there's still some steps that can be taken to try and slow it down. But you see, once you see, once the treatments are not really working as effective, it's difficult to get on top of that situation. It's essentially considered a, a permanent problem on the farm. Um, and, and we only have those broad three classes to work from. So then we would be, once we can't use the drugs as effectively, we then have to move on to other things like pasture management, lower stocking rates, other things that reduce the worm burden that don't involve medicines. Um, but these are things that we should be incorporating into our parasite control in any way to try and reduce the number of treatments that we're using. And I suppose really you're touching on it there, Natasha, for farmers in order to establish if there is a resistance on their farm, the targeted advisory service on animal health that will be of assistance to farmers. Yeah, indeed it will. So what, what the, the target advisory service is, it, it's essentially an opportunity to get your vet out on farm to discuss parasite control. And as part of that service, um, there's also going to be two fecal air counts that are available for use. And those, those egg, those, uh, that's just essentially the dung sample, just to check uh, the number of eggs that are, that are, that are in, in the dung. And that can also be used to try and test whether the, the, the drugs are, the, the medicines are still effective on the farm using a drench test. So, um, this is, this is an opportunity to maybe investigate if you, if you think there's maybe a problem on farm. And even if there isn't a problem on farm, it might be good to have someone just have a look over what you've been doing. Um, is there any room for improvement? Can there some things be tweaked on farm? What does this cost and is it compulsory for farmers to join, Natasha? So the program is completely voluntary and it's open to all cattle and sheep farmers within Ireland and it's of no cost at all to the farmer. So the, what it involves is a, is a vet visit and these two dung samples um, and, and as I say, it's fully funded by the department. And how do farmers register to get registered for the scheme? Firstly, there, there are a number of farmers that took part last year in the scheme um, and, and they would have registered then and, and they will remain registered for this year and they're eligible again for another visit this year from their vets. Um, those farmers just need to get in contact with their vet to book that consult in before the end, uh, before the, the, the closing deadline of the program, which is the 31st of October this year. But if a farmer hasn't taken part before, they can register online and, and we'll, we'll have the link available. Um, but if they, if they can't find that link, if they go to the Animal Health Ireland website, animalhealthireland.ie. They'll be able to navigate to the parasite control pages and, and see some more on the tether there. Natasha, how does a farmer find out if their vet is listed or has completed the trade and, and if their vet hasn't, what's the situation then? Right. So, so as part of the online form, when you register, you can see if your vet is, is, uh, is, is on that list. It might be the case that, that the, the vet that you know in a practice might not be trained for, for the TASA, but there might be another vet in the practice that has been trained. There's a large number of vets across the country that, that, has, that are taking part in the program. So your best bet, if you're not sure, is actually to call your local vet, see if they're involved, and they can actually help you sign up as well, uh, especially for those who are maybe not, not so keen to, to register online. Uh, the vet can help you register as well with a paper form. And you mentioned there that farmers are able to submit two free faecal egg samples. What's the best time of year for taking these samples? 
So depending on what you, you plan, it, or what's the, be the best idea for using those samples, it might be for monitoring to see, you know, what's the, the worm burden like. It might be to test uh, the, the drenches, the wormers, that they, they're working correctly. So as, as part of this program, it's, it's going to be up to the vet to, to send these samples off to the lab. So I recommend having a discussion with your vet about those samples, which, when would be the best time, who are the best animals to take those samples from, and, and how to take the best samples. So to chat to the vet about that to, to see what would be best for your farm. And even for farmers that might be even interested in participating in this program, it might be of interest to take fecal egg samples at this time of year. At this time of the year, so say six to eight weeks after turnout, um, I did, that's a good time to, to do a, a fecal egg count for, for calves that, ha that are um, raised without a dam, so, so your dairy, beef, and so on. But that's a good time just to check their levels on the pastures that they're currently on. Um, for, for your suckler calves, they probably don't need to be monitored too closely and towards the, until the end of the season as we're coming into autumn. Um, uh, but the, if you, if, if this, if you're wanting to test whether your drench is still working effectively because you think maybe it's not working as well as it used to, then I would suggest chatting to your vet or advisor on the protocol for that. It needs two samples, um, before and after treatment and your vet can advise you on the timing depending on which drug that you're using. Natasha, you mentioned there the dairy calves and calves from suckler herds for treatment. In relation to yearlings, what would be the treatment plan for those? So for, for them, if, if you're wanting to, to check their level, the, the levels of, um, to do fecal air count just to check uh, their, the, the worm burden, uh, it, it, ideally what you would be doing is monitoring over the season. Um, so so, so uh, say every four to six weeks uh, just to do a fecal air count ideally. Um, but again, the treatment would depend on what the issues have been previously on the farm. On some farms, for example, the weanlings don't necessarily need treatment. Um, they've built up a little bit of immunity to some of the worms. Uh, for others, they, they might need treatment. Sometimes on a farm, uh, the first treatment that the animals receive is, is when they start coughing because of lungworm, uh, which tends not to be a problem always in the summer, but it's very unpredictable. Uh, but but uh, then as we, we head towards the end of the season, that's when, when lungworm becomes a major issue again. And once again, that won't be picked up on the fecal egg sample, Natasha. Yeah, so unfortunately for lungworm, it's, it's one of those worms where the problems are caused by the juvenile stage of those worms. And so we, we won't necessarily see eggs in the feces uh, that, that can tell us whether it's a lungworm problem or whether a, a problem is coming. It's really, really hard to predict that one. That's great. Thanks very much, Natasha. Thanks very much, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Natasha for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.